We are The Table, and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time, and we want to give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message moves you forward. Taking the time to seek out and have a conversation with God in the times in between. So, our sermon title for today, and these are important. When I tell you the the, uh, series title and then the sermon title, it's important because for you guys who are going online, following the podcast, things of that nature, that's how you're going to look it up. Sermon series, sermon title. Just by a show of hands, how many of you go back and listen to the message? Woo-wee. Got like two people in here. But that could be mean, that could mean one or two things. You tired of listening to me here, and there's no need to go back. Or you heard something, you took notes, and you're carrying it with you the rest of the week. What I will not do is, is, is poll the room and see which is which. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know the answer to that. But the sermon series is praying through. The sermon title is Priority and Relationships. So we are going to be talking about today praying through our priorities and praying through our relationship. Our scripture text comes from the book of Acts. Acts, the first chapter, verses 12 through 14. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. If you have a different translation, that's okay, but the one I'll be reading from is on the screen. So if you will open the Word of God and let me know when you're ready to read along with me, just say amen. That's half the room. Should have been everybody because it's on that screen. Amen. Here we go. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives a distance of about a half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room, the upper room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present, Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. They all met together and they were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. That is the text. Now you may say, what are we, we're not getting into much, he, then, there, where, etc. But let me set the table for you. No pun intended. Really wasn't, that was, okay, it's close to Father's Day, I'm in my, I'm in my dad joke mode, so... Just run with me. Just run with me. What's happening here is that Jesus has already been resurrected. He's already ascended into heaven. And now here we are, all these people who were with Jesus, walking with Jesus, spending time with Jesus. Now he's gone. You think you and I got it bad. Never had seen Jesus. Never have known Jesus. Never have broke bread, ate a meal with Jesus. Could you imagine being with Jesus, watching him do his godly thing, 
and then one day have to deal with the fact that he is now gone? Well, this is what the disciples are doing here. They're here, and Jesus is now gone, and they are clear on what their job is going forward. How many of you get nervous when your manager at work isn't there? Or the project, and I'm like, no, nah, I'll be waiting for my boss to leave. <laughs> Maybe I should have set that up differently. <laughs> but Jesus had been telling them all along, the things that you see me do, and the Spirit of God is in me and with me. You have the ability to do that and more. They have been hearing this all along. So now all of a sudden, Jesus is gone. And guess what? It's up to them to keep forward. Wait a minute, what? I often think about times when I've been overwhelmed. And I think about when my babies were born. Nate in particular. I remember the feeling when my wife had a C-section. I remember the feeling when they took her out and took her to surgery and they handed me him and then they walked away. <laughs> and you would think that this is okay because I already have a two-year-old, so I don't know why this time was so, what was so different in this moment. But they walked away. Nobody said nothing. They just handed me this kid and left. And he like starts making this crazy noise like, like he could have sucked an elephant through a straw. That's how hungry he was. And he was making this loud clicking noise. And everybody left. And I'm like, uh... <laughs> What am I supposed to do with this? In that moment, even though I understood what my role is, the thing that I was faced with is what I was supposed to do when I was called upon to do that role. Because regardless, I had to do something to take care of the responsibility. That was mine. So here we are, all these disciples and some of their friends and family in the delivery room. Not really. I just want to see if I was paying attention. They weren't in the delivery room. <laughs> Come on, wake up, y'all. But here they are in this moment that they are called to do something. And that something is continue to share the gospel. Continue to tell people about Jesus. Continue to make a move. And here is what the scripture tells us. Luke, in this writing, he says that all they had to do, all they could do, the very first thing they did before they got consumed with the work to be done, they united in prayer. So my question to you today is the same thing I'm sure they were faced with, is how do you pray, though? How do you pray when the list of to-dos is this big? See, I know if I'm honest with myself, that's all I know how to be, and sometimes I'm, all the time I do that right in front of you, and I like to use myself as an example, because I know how hard it is sometimes to look in your own mirror. So I just show you what's in my closet. So I know sometimes when everything is going super well, I can throw in those microphone, them microwave prayers, because everything is going well. 
So it's like, okay, thank you, Lord. Okay, I just squeeze in and, and, and everything is good. But when the deck is stacked high, I got a whole bunch of things that I need and can't find the words to seek it out. Sometimes these children, as much as we love them, ooh-wee. And maybe it's, maybe it's them, or maybe it's the you in them. That's really the conflict and when you're trying to do it. Maybe it's the, everybody has these aspirations to go to school and do these things, and then you get there and you're feeling overwhelmed in that lecture hall. Wait a minute. I didn't know it was going to be like this. You get into a relationship, you, you get into a marriage, and all of a sudden, once the two-step at the reception is over, you realize, whoa, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Business owners, you start your own business, it sounds great, you're your own boss. Wait a second, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Whatever your thing is. You find yourself in a situation that you've said yes to a thing, but you're completely overwhelmed, and you don't know how to pray your way through it. See, we pray our way into things, but don't always know how to pray our way through the thing. But what if I told you, what if prayer is far more important than we give it credit for? See, some will tell you that prayer is the key to your success. Prayer is the key to your breakthrough. Prayer is the key to your sanity in the midst of it. See, I'll stand here and tell you that prayer is both the key and the lock. Because until you get to a place that you learn how to pray in everything, is what Scripture says. In everything pray. So that means that the very things that we think are our barriers that if we would just pray, shall I say, shout the name of Jesus on those things. Could it be that that's the very thing that just may unlock the very door to stop it? What type of prayers does God hear? See, some of us think, let me, I have thought in my past that God don't want to hear certain things from me. I've had those moments where I feel like what I'm praying for is either too big or too small. I feel like sometimes, and maybe this is just the, the, the masculinity in me, that it's like, Stop your whining. Suck it up. Put on your big boy pants and get to it. I watched my mother for many years do that exact same thing as a single mom. She wanted, she had to tough it all out. It was just her and her kids. So everything was a fight for her. And one thing that I learned over time is the more that I spent time with the Lord, he reminded me what the word of God says. And that, look, that battle is not yours. So a lot of times we're fighting things that God does not intend us to fight all by ourselves. So here we are, 
got a whole Bible-filled, scripture-backed faith that's ready to fight on our behalf. If we would just trust that God is already working for the good of you who love him and are called according to his purpose. See, if we would walk into those things, goes back to last week, if we would take and practice the scriptures, the text, then we would have something to draw from when we get weak. See, sometimes praying can be hard because you can't find the words right in the midst of that moment. But can I tell you that even the smallest of words with the right heart will get the job done when it comes to our prayers. I'm talking about trying to teach you how to pray through some things. Not just pray to the thing. Pray through the thing. Lord, just give me my soulmate. I'll do anything. Oh, he give you what you ask for. I just want a baby, a healthy baby boy or girl. I won't even choose which one I want. Just give me the healthy baby boy. Give me the boy, give me the girl. Just give me something because I got to love on it and squeeze it in the itty-bitty pieces. And he answers your prayers. But then there is a response to that. The Lord says, if I was with you when you asked for it, then you got to know that I'm there with you as you go through it. So don't, don't, don't flip out because it's, the moment seems real big right now. Don't flip out because it, it, it's like overwhelming to think, oh my goodness, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Where's that going to come from? Anybody else? Feel? Okay, I just tell on myself again. Sometimes I feel like that. Wait a minute, boom, boom, boom. And I just want to be like, can you just make it stop so I won't ask for another thing? Because I don't want another thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, don't do me no more favors. Because that's how life is. But you got to know that he is there with you in the midst of what it is. There's an author, Richard Foster, he, he has this quote. In the 12 spiritual disciplines, and he says this, he says, Why does the little prayers of one syllable such as, Lord, Father, Jesus, pierce the heavens? See, you don't have to be all word delicious. See, I made that up again to make sure you're paying attention. Word delicious, jot that down, you might come back to it, it may be a quiz. But what he's saying is, sometimes you don't have the words. But in your heart, if you know that the situation that I am in, that I'm completely overwhelmed by, that I'm completely beat down by, that the way I need you to really open a door, I need you to part a sea, I need you to roll a stone, I need you to move a mountain, that I can just simply say, Jesus. Oh. Because what that says is, I know where my help comes from. So it's not about the way you said, the what you said, and all of that. We don't want to get 
caught up in the, I grew up in a Baptist church. Oh, man. I got some deacons that's still praying from 1993 right now. If I was to go back at Avon Avenue Baptist Church, I love y'all if y'all see or hear this, but I'm just saying, if I went back, Deacon Walton still over there praying because he never stopped. And I wished he would so I could sit down. <laughs> what I'm telling you is that sometimes we get caught into what other people's relationship with God looks like and we follow the motions and guess what? It don't work for us. Because it's not your relationship. See, the relationship with God is cultivated by prayer. Prayer is like your first communion. Beyond asking God for things, our goal in this Christian life is to be known by God. And can I put it to you this way? To be known by God was a requirement before there was caller ID. In other words, people call you now and you know who it is before they call. But before that was invented, there was a requirement to be known by God, to have a dependency on God. So what God is looking for us to do is to build a relationship with you. And how else is he going to build a relationship with you unless you talk to him? How else is he going to respond? To the things that you're asking. You got a list, a petition. You got desires, you got needs. And you show up with all your stuff. Could you imagine? You walk in a place, walk in a store. And you don't say nothing. You, and somebody gets in there and be like, I'm sorry, excuse me, who are you? That's what it's like. See, we have to be willing to take a step back. And I know social media lets us hide behind profiles and everything everybody needs to know is right there. They should have read it for themselves. But what we're looking for here, what God is looking for here, if you want to get a prayer through, then you ought to say, hey, hello, I'm your son and you are my father. And your word, see, I know something about you. Your word says that I can come to you when I. So you got to establish this relationship. Test the relationship. See, God may prompt us to actually do something for a person. See, this is what I love about prayer. Some of us, we pray about things, and some of us won't pray about things because of what might be required of us to jumpstart the prayer. This one is a good one. Because sometimes when we pray, oh, we are praying about that sister that get on your last nerve. And we want God to fix her. We want God to fix her. We want God to fix your boss. We want God to fix all of these people because you know it's everybody else. We want God to deal with all of that. But you know what may be required? Is that we actually do something. See, may, God may prompt us in our prayers. That's why many of us stay away. Or we just jump in there real quick to place our order and then get out of there. But see, when you spend some time with God, he may say, son or daughter, I'm glad you're here. I've been meaning to talk to you about something. See, when you get in there, he say, oh, you know what? That's good, and I knew you would ask for that. But why are you here? It's the reason some of y'all don't call your grandparents unless you got extra time. 
because you know that when you really place the call and you just called to say hi. Sarah like, uh-huh, I know exactly what you mean. Because when you, pull, when you place a phone call to some folk, you'd be like, man, I was about to call, but I only got 10 minutes. I can't make that call right now. See, that's how it is. And when we pray in that way, God will respond, and he might just tell us something that we ought to do. So when he prompts us to actually do something for a person, it may cost us time, effort, money, convenience. Don't be scared of what God may ask of you in your prayer time. Because Sarah just said it in the giving moment today. Sometimes the response is sacrifice. The very thing that you're trying to get through requires your sacrifice to get God's blessing. So it's not all about, some of us have felt like God not listening to me. I've been praying the same thing. He never answers me. You sure? You sure? Maybe he did answer and his answer you just didn't like. You didn't like what he told you then. Some of you might be in here right now. Because your prayer was answered at the church down the street. And you didn't like it. And now you're here. And you know what I'm going to tell you? Listen to God. Because sometimes we're on the run looking for something that God has already said. It requires your sacrifice. It requires your giving. It requires you to be disciplined. It requires you to read. It requires you to study. It requires you to pray. Could it be that you're not looking for, for, for the, the, the secret key to unlock the door? Could it be you got it all along? You had it all along, and I would argue you have it. Why? Because of Abraham. God promised some things to Abraham. God promised some things to humanity. God promised some things to all who believe. You have an inheritance. Guess what? An inheritance belongs to you, but you got to claim it. You've got to understand, you have to claim it. So as you're praying and as we're learning to pray and as we're going to be asking these tough questions about prayer, you got to know that prayer also has to come from where you are, not where you want to show everybody else you are. If you broke, you better take them two pennies and give them to Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to help you. If your marriage is in shambles, it don't do you no good to tag me in all your anniversary photos. <laughs> Showing how beautiful y'all look together. Showing me your sand toe pictures. And how lovely your life is. Now you out there on that white sand beach, and guess what's going to happen when you get in the airport on the way home? Life going to punch you dead in your face. You got to be able to call on God right where you are. Right where you are. One of the most ironic things I had ever seen, and still it kind of baffles me a little bit, is I remember when I was younger, um, one of the popular rappers was named DMX. Anybody know who DMX is? DMX was crazy. I'm going to just say it like that. He was crazy, but he also battled a lot of internal demons. 
He had some substance abuse issues and things of that nature. But some of the most powerful prayers that I had ever heard came from DMX. Now, if you got sensitive ears, I wouldn't recommend trying to search for it on one of his albums. But some of the most powerful things, he would end his shows, and even on his, on his CDs, there were always prayers. They were so desperate. He needed God to do something. He would, and he would talk to God in this way that, was all, that it was like, God was like right, right there. He would say things like, look, I, I just really need to talk to you. Since the last time we talked, man, I've been really struggling. It was almost like he was on the phone with a, with a friend. See, many of us need to understand. The word of God tells us that Jesus is a friend to us. That when we accept Jesus, we, we become, we're like adopted. I remember growing up, I had a friend who we were together so much, you never saw him without me. And it came to a point where when you saw him without me, the first question you asked him was, where's Nate? And then all of a sudden, I used to call his parents mom and dad. It went from, hey, Mr. and Mrs. McSwain to, hey, ma. Hey, dad. Because we were that close, because we had such a relationship, don't miss this, such a relationship between the two of us that we became part of the same family. We had the same father because we were so close in our relationship together. See, some of us feel distant from God because we have not, have no closeness to Jesus. See, we've got to recognize that in prayer we build the relationship with God. And if the Holy Spirit is the divine gift that empowers us and guides us, and prayer is the advocate for us to talk through it, if, if that's how it is and that's what, that's what empowers the church and empowers us individually, then the corresponding attitude towards looking for God's Spirit to do some things is prayer. Our corresponding attitude has to be willing to talk with God for the instruction. We have to be willing to establish that relationship with God. We should follow the disciples' example and pray before we proceed and do anything. Now, I know there's some some people in this room, I asked you when we got done singing that song, is there, is there, are there some things you want to see God do? And the answer is yes. I want God to bless a lot of things in my life. Well, can I encourage you something? If you want to see God bless you, whatever it was that you said, whatever it was that you thought of, whatever it was that you, that came into your mind, whatever it was, I want to encourage you, the key and the lock to that key is in prayer. It's in prayer. Take that thing and humble yourself and say, God, I want to see you move, yes, but it's not just a request. I want to see you move, and I need to see you move. That's a heart of surrender that says, I can't do this by myself. And if you do that with an earnest heart, the Lord will say, my son and my daughter, 
I never intended for you to do it by yourself. That's the most comforting thing in the world. To know that I have a need. And as alone as I feel, to be embraced by God that says, Son, I never wanted you to have to do this by yourself. Daughter, I know how hard this is. And that's why you don't have to do it by yourself. See, we're going to learn to be praying through. What does God have as our priorities in our personal lives and life of this ministry? We're going to be praying through and tightening up our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. See, God knew that we would need a Savior. God knew that we would need help, and he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And this little thing right here represents what he gave. He said, I have a son. Salvation, that, that, that reconciliation, that fix, that adoption that I talked about earlier. So that we could be just as close. He gave us his son, Jesus. I'm holding up this sacrament of communion, I pray. If you have one, please just hold it up. You can start to open it up. Is there anybody in the room who does not have communion and needs to, wants to take this, raise your hand. If you do, Pastor Emily is in the rear and she can get you one if you don't have one. But this cracker, this wafer, this portion represents body of Jesus who was given for us. It was broken, it was battered, it was bruised. Way back then, before a time such as this, he gave himself so that we would have an advocate that is always with us to know we are not by ourselves. Take And on that same day at the Lord's Supper, Jesus said to his disciples, this, this cup represents the blood which was shed. He said that each time you take this, you do so in remembrance of me. I, for one, am so happy that God gave me his son, Jesus. Because all that I am and all that I aspire to be, I know, I know that I can stand on the promises of God. And he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can ask or even think. And it's because of this sacrifice. Take and drink. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, Personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.